All right, let's turn to Revelation chapter 18. Revelation chapter 18. Let us read from verses 1 to 5. Verses 1 to 5. Reading. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen and is become the habitation of devils, and hold of every foul spirit, and cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of a fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us turn to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for journey mercies to thy house. And again, for the return of the Lord's Day, we come asking that you teach us from your word to understand the things of the end times, that having understood from your word what will happen and what we ought to do, Lord, we pray that you keep your church safe, and we pray that every worshipper who understands this, Lord, will be kept safe and sound until you return. So be with us and teach us. We ask again for cleansing, for washing in the blood of Christ. Be with the Chinese BBK as well. Feed your children in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, we continue. Remember, there are few key movements. In chapter 16, page 175, new book 197. 175, 197. In BBK, we must understand the false teachings that will come into the church. Why is it important? Because in BBK, it is to build foundations. Now, this, this topic would generally be avoided by other churches, not want to talk, be talked about because they feel it is judgmental. It is judgmental for the Christian to talk about or to point out errors of others. So this is judgmental, not loving. So these things will not be talked about. But page 176, please page 176. The new book, I think it's 197 or 198. Now let's read 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 together, reading. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon them swift destruction. Now, the warning of God is, <clears throat> at that time they had false prophets, even as there shall be false prophets, false teachers among you. So please remember this verse. We are not being judgmental. We are not being unloving. God said that there will, there shall be false teachers 
among the churches. So this is something that the Apostle Paul warned, foretold of the future, then therefore we must take heed of the warning. We must point out these false teachers for the safety of the church till Christ returns. Alright, so that is why we cover this topic. Now there are four main movements. Well, I'll say five now, right? Five main movements. Do you remember what they are? The first, that the Christian must know about the Roman Catholic Church. We studied that. The false teachers, the false religion. The second one, which is what we're going to cover today, page 178, or page 175 in the new book, the ecumenical movement. So every week when we do, I'll, I'll revise and let you remember. One. One. The Roman Catholic Church. You must know, and if you covered that, do not be part of it. Number two, the ecumenical movement. Alright, we're going to study that today. Number three, what's that? Sing Yun. Very good. The charismatic movement. You must know about that. These are false movements. Number four, what's that? The new evangelical movement. Alright? I would say the other one is the progressive Christianity today. Alright, I tell you, progressive Christianity is really inside all these movements. It is basically, who remembers what is progressive Christianity? It is basically what in disguise? <coughs> Um, CP Say again All the isms All the isms All the isms in there And especially the foremost liberalism Alright, very good The isms Now we just read just now About the great Babylon Last week we read about The woman with the cup, right? And she's called a what? Harlot and she's full of fornications. This is what it is. All the isms. Very unclean. She takes it all in. Okay? So that's what it's about. Now we just read in scriptures. What did we read? We read about we read from we read from Revelations, correct? Revelations means God revealing the future. Is are these things that we read going to happen? Yes, they will happen. And this whole thing about, look at your Bibles, chapter 18. Babylon the Great is fallen. Now, what is Babylon full of? All right, what is this whole big Babylon full of? Revelation 18, verse 2. Habitation of devils. Devils live in it. Every foul spirit. False teachings, unclean, and every um, and a cage. It is a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. All sorts of unclean teachings, false teachings, fornication. Now, God calls this. It's like a big cage. All right, it's like a big cage. Huh? Like a big cage. Like a big cage. Uh, and it is full of all sorts of false teachings. Now, this end, end, okay, this end state, Babylon, this end state, Babylon, is 
something that makes up um, this final state, how does it reach this final stage? Now, this is what we are warned. Look at, please look at chapter 18. Look at verse, um, verse 4. What are churches? <clears throat> what are churches and Christians warned to do? Come out of her, my people. Come out of her. So we are told to come out. To come out. In other words, some may be in it. We must make sure that we are not in it. And if we are in it, come out. And if you are in a church that is in it, you must come out of that church. Right? So if your church is in it, what must you do? This is a warning of the future. This is real. This is not, we are making it up, it's real. Then, if your church don't come out, then how do you come out? You come out. Alright? And be part of those churches that are out. Understand that? Alright, so with that, we want to continue. With that, we want to continue. Look at this movement. Please turn to page 178 or page 200 in your new book. Now, this movement, there is a movement called the ecumenical movement. You must know this movement. It's been there for a long time. It's an ecumenical movement. Now, this word, ecumenical. Ecumenical, is it evil or good? Ecumenical simply means um, a combination, a coming together in unity, gathering of everything coming together. All right, that is the usage of the word. But in the Christendom, it is ecumenical movement is the coming together of all Christianity and other religions. Okay, that's the meaning of ecumenical. This cage, this cage, the coming together of all sorts of unclean spirit, devils, devils living in it, this cage is the ecumenical movement today. Alright? So you must know. How do we know that? What is the ecumenical movement? If this is the first time you're hearing about it, look at BBK book page 200 in the new book, 178 in the old book. Now this is a movement spearheaded by the leading churchmen of the World Council of Churches. Now this is a movement. This is a movement. But in this movement, movement is a movement, huh? But in this movement, what is that body, that physical organization that is promoting and forwarding this movement? The body, the, the corporation, the organization is called WCC, World Council of Churches. Alright, if you cannot remember, just remember WC, toilet, it's dirty. Alright, it's rubbish in there. So remember that, they are rubbish church. Now, World Council of Churches is not WCC, it's not World Council of Christian Churches. They chose the name, World Council of Churches. They do not include the name Christian. It's a big church, an organization, but not Christian. Now, at this point, what is it at this point? Please look. Now, the WCC started, they formed in 1948. 
group of men formed this organization to unite all Christendom into one big organization. Now, recently, increasingly, the Roman Catholic Church is interested in it for a long time, actually. All right, so in here, what is the aim of WCC? It's very clearly stated, very well summarized for us in the BBK book. Now, can you see in there? All right. The three goals. The three goals. Number one. So you circle. Number one. Three goals of the ecumenical movement. Number one. The immediate goal. The present very immediate goal. Unite all Protestant churches. Number two. Intermediate goal, unite Protestant churches with Roman Catholic Church, the, the Roman Catholic Church. And the distant goal, the third is the ultimate goal, unite all religions. Right, look up here. This WCC, this body, what are they trying to forward in the ecumenical movement, bringing everything together? Three phases. All right, three phases. First phase, unite all Protestant churches. All right, unite them, unite them. So all Protestant churches means um, Presbyterians, Baptists, Methodists, and so on, okay? It's to unite all of them together to form one ecumenical organization. This is the first phase. Now, let me ask you why they need to do this. Why are they trying to do this? You will notice today churches are moving away from any denomination. Churches are moving to non-denominational churches. Okay? The idea is denominations are unloving because it's separation. It's not good. We are separated. We should be one big Protestant church, right? So, we must send this message, no, we don't fight among ourselves. We are united. So, they're trying to unite this. That's why many churches today, they say we are non-denominational. They do not call Bible Presbyterian or Presbyterian. They will be called Mount Pleasant Church hmm? or Riverside or Church by the Park, that kind of thing. No denomination. Why? Why is this happening? Now, remember phase two. Phase two is what? Unite Protestants with Roman Catholics. Correct? To do that. Now, to do that, you must first unite this. Understand? You must first unite Protestant churches. So when all the Protestant churches are united, very easy to achieve phase two. Very easy to achieve phase two. Let me ask you a question. Now, in order to achieve phase two, they must do this. Why must they? What is the advantage? What is the advantage of? Oh no, seven. In order to unite all this, what must they get rid of? Brenda, what must they get rid of in order for? All the denominational churches to come together, form one big one, then we can move to phase two. Say again? Doctrines. Doctrines. They must first get rid of doctrines 
that separate these groups, correct? And in denominations, the doctrines are called the what? Creeds. Right? Creeds, for example, our creeds. What is the creeds? What are the creeds of the Presbyterian Church? Uh, Susan. Found in where? In the Bible, yeah? But they all have Bible. Uh, uh, Leah. WCF. WCF are all our creeds. Biblical doctrines systematized in how we interpret scriptures, correct? Our creeds. The Baptists will have theirs. Now, so in order to combine this, you must get rid of the creeds. That's why today, people do not teach WCF. Now, we are not saying that having many denominations are good. But because of all the infighting, God allowed. Understand that, God allowed. But still, there is one thing that is very good about denomination. Do you know what that is? Why are denominations strong? Denominations are strong because they focus on creeds. They teach the creeds. As long as you teach the creeds, your doctrines are constantly visited, your doctrines are constantly taught. From young to old, you are very clear about doctrines, correct? So creeds are very important. As long as their denominations and denominations focus on creeds, they are still teaching strong doctrines, emphasizing on doctrines, standing firm, correct? But once you remove, you play down doctrines and creeds, what will happen? then ordinary believers will hardly know doctrines, hardly know the important doctrines in the creeds. Do you understand why this has to come together? Do you understand how Satan will get this to come together, remove creeds? Because doctrines is the one thing that keeps us from going back to the Roman Catholic Church. As long as we teach WCF and teach it firmly and you keep studying it, you know it, you will always know the difference between the Roman Catholic creeds and the Protestant creeds. You will never go back there. But once you reduce this, you can ask many Christians on the street today. They ask you back, why do you separate from the Roman Catholic Church? They believe in what we believe. They don't have the idea what, what are the differences. So this is a mastermind of Satan. Okay? So you have to get this together first. De-emphasize doctrines. One, when we study progressive Christianity, what is one of the things they get rid They want people to stop having. They do not want doctrines anymore. They are against institutions and churches, and they are against creeds. Okay? So, all these are coming together. Now, number two. Look at here. The second movement, the second intermediate goal, unite Protestants with Roman Catholics. The Roman Catholic will not change their creeds. They will stay firm. It is the Protestants that will go back to Rome. The Methodists, the Lutherans, the Anglicans, they are already deeply in this movement to return to Rome. Please know that. Okay? Um, their overall organization, their aim is to do that. 
they already signed agreements, they're already working out how to go back. So you better make sure what your, if your church is in this, if your church is part of this, you have to come out from among them. Now, number two, they will not change. We will go back to them, they will assimilate us. Now, the next one, the ultimate goal, all religions together. Now, here is going to be Buddhism, um, Islam, um, all sorts of religion, any religion. Their aim, this ecumenical movement aim, WCC's aim, is when these two come together to form one big, cannot be cross, uh, okay, uh, one big, one big filthy organization. Now they are ready for this final phase. Now all religions, all religions will come together forming one world council of churches. And this will be the great Babylon in this cage. And this will be the organization that will be ruled by Satan. Remember when Satan arises, the world will worship him. Know that. The world will worship him. How can he be worshipped if he is not the head of some church? To be worshipped, he will be the head of this whole thing. Political, economical, social, religious head of the world. He must form this great Babylon in order for him to receive worship from the world. Okay? Now, this is not a story, all right? We read it from Revelation. God says it's going to happen. It's going to happen. What is the duty of the Christian? Come out. Come out. Come out. Before I forget, do you understand why? Now, remember when we studied progressive Christianity. One of the things that progressives have reached, because they're progressive, but actually they're regressive. The progressive has reached is what? All religions are true. All religions, not just Christianity, has the solution to go to heaven, right? Remember when we read, so I show you some of the progressive Christianity quotes. The progressives are at a stage where, different stage, but many of them has reached, please don't say that only Christianity has the is the way, the truth, and the life to heaven. Now, remember that against this thing called X, X what? Anyone remember? Uh, Jemima. X what? They're, they're very against this. Josiah. Exclusivism. They are very. They want what? They promote. They fight very hard for what? Inclusivism. Inclusivism. Exclusivism is Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Means there's only one way to heaven. Then they say this exclusive, too exclusive, very judgmental of other religion. We should be inclusive. Everything. Whatever sins, what right? Today there are sins. They say we should not ostrac- we should not say there are sins. There are no sins. Include everything, everyone. Inclusivism. To include eventually all sorts of religion to form all the unclean birds in there, to have all sorts of 
religious fornication in there. Understand? What is this fornication? It means coming together, doing something unclean. It is churches coming together, signing docu- agreements, throwing aside doctrines, unclean activities. Okay? That's how God describes it. So, come out. God says, come out. Look at your, your, your BBK book. Hurry up. Now, there are three, there are main, the main distinctive features of the ecumenical movement are this. Look here. What are they? Number one, membership. Membership. Number two, what are their aims? Number three, their attitude towards Bible. Number four, what is their message? So that's what we must understand. Now, the so-called Christian churches, uh, all so-called Christian churches are eligible for membership in here. So, now this is a movement, right? A movement has a body forwarding it, the WCC. WCC has members in them. Members in them. Churches become part, they take up membership in this big organization called WCC. So, when you go to the website and, and do W and type World Council of Churches membership, you will see a whole long list of churches that are members of WCC. In other words, they have chosen to step into this cage. Understand that? They've chosen to step into this big cage movement called the ecumenical movement. You will see Methodists in there. You will see Anglicans, Lutheran churches. You will see Presbyterian churches. Okay? So that is why we are not part of this movement. We do not have anything to do with any membership with them. You have to check your church. I want to explain something. We studied about the Bible Presbyterian movement, correct? How we come about. Do you know how we end up with uh, Asia, uh, uh, an Asian Bible Presbyterian movement? In the US, in 1948, in the US, in 1948, when the WCC was formed, the Bible Presbyterian movement was also formed in the US to come out from among them because the Presbyterians were already liberal they were ready to be part of this movement enter this cage the Bible Presbyterian then they said no this group of men said no come out from among them they chose to leave the Orthodox Presbyterian Church understand that they obeyed commandment in Revelation 18 but how did this happen in Asia when Reverend Poe found that the church, the Presbyterian church he was in, is part, part of a council of churches, part of a council of churches that was part of WCC. Reverend Toe and a group of men says, no, we have to get out of this movement. Okay? Obey, obey. When Reverend Toe said, we've got to get out of this movement, there was a big vote and fight in the church. Sadly, the Presbyterian Church chose to stay. They chose to stay. Um, can someone invite maybe the adults to come in if they want to come in? I think all need to hear this. They were, they were invited to... They, they, not invited. They, were to, they want to stay. And that is when Reverend Toh say, Enough. We will come out from among them if this Presbyterian Church... Once, if the Presbyterian body that we are in wants to be part of the, a, a council that is part of WCC, we come out. And then he formed the Bible Presbyterian 
movement, the church in Asia. Understand that? Okay, so we do not want to be part of this membership. You check your church, whatever church you come from. If they are in, you need to obey Revelation 18. Now, in here, membership. So membership, you can look through that. Now, irrespective of your faith or your doctrine, all are welcome, whatever denomination. Now, is membership have liberal modernists in there, neo-orthodox in there? And all these definitions, I give you that sheet of paper already, alright? So you must know what they are. Means, liberals, they do not believe in miracles, they do not believe that the Bible is God's word, they do not believe Jesus is God. Even if you don't believe all that, come, be part of our membership. Okay? Now, next, further down. What is their aim? To bring visible union of all churches. Number B, propagate the social gospel and transformation of society by man's effort. C, of course, finally, unite Buddhism, Islam, Hinduism, Judaism, and so on. Final result, one world religion. I want to emphasize again, final result, one world religion. Christianity will be subsumed under this one world religion. Okay? So this is going to be the Antichrist in Revelation. This will be the super harlot church. Now, part B. Please note this. The aim of the WCC is to promote social gospel. What is this about? Why are we so against the social gospel? Why must the social gospel be promoted? Why? Why? Actually, why? Why do you think so? Uh, ben, why do you think so? Why? So here we know they must get rid of denomination. Then you can move to the next stage, correct? Then you can move to the next stage. And to move to the next stage further, uh, oh, same color. To move here, get rid of denomination. <laughs> no, okay. To move here, promote social gospel. Why? Why do you think so, Ben? To remove doctrines and just emphasize doing good in society. The social gospel is all about for the good of man for the good of man and for the good of man we must be ready and willing to put aside doctrines the main focus is the good of mankind on earth that's the social gospel now you want to write down you can write down what is the social gospel now the social gospel uh, it especially started in the in the late 19th to 20th, 19th century, alright? Now, this social gospel, it applies Christian ethics. Applies Christian ethics to solve social problems. Applies Christian ethics to solve social problems. The social problems are poverty, nutrition issues, education, alcoholism, crimes, war, and so on. So, 
The main aim, the main aim of the social gospel is to solve men's social problems in society. But they will bring in Christianity. Alright, they're bringing Christianity to say, Jesus said love what? Jesus, Jesus healed the people. Jesus fed the people. So they say the whole aim is that. Now, why is this important? Why is this aim of social gospel very important? Very important to achieve this final goal of mixing it with all religions. Why? Because the conclusion over time is all religions also teach us to be good. All religions also want to help the poor. All religions is for the good of society. Once this is the key aim of Christianity, the good of society, then we are ready to come together with all religions. Okay? So that is why the social gospel is something that is very dangerous. It may look very good. I'm not saying that the church is not interested in helping people. I'm not saying when there is a tsunami, the church don't care and if we can, send, um, send money to help. But that is not our main focus. Understand that. When Jesus was on earth, now they say Jesus helped the poor, Jesus healed the sick, Jesus fed them, Jesus, was, was, Jesus lifted up women for equality in society. Now was that the Lord Jesus' main aim on earth? What was Jesus' main aim on earth, Eugene? Glorify the Father, okay, very general. But what he preached? Was he preaching social equality, um, social good, activism? What was he preaching? Obey the Father. Obey the Father. What was he preaching to the world? Sin. Repentance. Needs for salvation. This was the Lord Jesus' focus, not the social, not resolving social ills. When Jesus fed the 5,000 out of compassion, when they came and say some of food, he said what? Don't follow me because you think that I can solve your social issues. Follow me because you are sinners that need forgiveness. Repent or you shall likewise perish. The Lord's main focus was not social activism, bringing social good to society, his main aim on earth was preach sin, repentance, turn to God. That was his aim. So the Christian can get involved in this social work. It is not the church duty. But the church, if we get involved, it is not simply social. It is to bring the gospel to them. Alright, so understand that. So this is why, or rather this is how they progress, the social gospel. Now, if your church is actively involved in this, it may all look good, but that is not the focus, the aim of the church on earth. It's just a matter of time, you will, you will be sucked into all this. Now, i give you an example. We have from people among us. They studied, they understood. They went back to their countries. Before they went back, we kept saying, I hope you still can see, we kept saying, if your church is in this ecumenical movement, Promoting um, removal of doctrines, cutting, uh, reducing that, and promoting the social gospel. What is the commandment? Come out. Come out, right? As you can see, uh, I don't know. Come out. Don't be part of it. 
But I say, uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll be careful. God's commandment is always the safest. Obeying God's commandment is always the safest. That's why God told Joshua, obey zero, zero, zero degrees. No, no deviation. Now, over time, start to send questions. You know, actually, these people, they are quite nice people. Then over time, you know, actually, doing all this social work, isn't it good? Shouldn't Christians do good? Over time, it becomes, no, it's not good for churches to separate from churches that do all this. You will change. That is why God says, God says, come out. You will change if you don't. God knows best. Parents, if, if, if a group of children are sick, what do you tell them? You're healthy. Phoebe, you're healthy. Phoebe, you go there and spread some of your good germs. Even normal things. Doctors will say what? Quarantine. Quarantine. What is it? Quarantine. Quarantine. Alright? Quarantine. Come out. Because they will infect you. God's commandment is always the safest. Don't think that you stay in there, I can change them. If that is the case, God will say, God will say, stay in among them. Change them. God says, come out from among them. Touch not their unclean things. Alright? So we are not teaching something weird, something ex exclusive. We are simply telling you what God says. God says the Babylon movement will come. When we use our eyes and see, WCC is bringing all this. Come out. Come out. But you can still say, no, this church is unloving. We are not the only one teaching this. You can say, no, when I go back to my country, I'll stay part of it. If you think you're wiser than God, it's very dangerous, all right? So God says, unclean. Unclean. Now, next one. Um, Alright, so they put this together. Now, last. Attitude towards the Bible. So that is, those are, we talk about membership, we talk about aims. Now, their attitude towards the Bible. One thing about the ecumenical movement. In order to achieve one, all these things, you must know their attitude towards the Bible. A, 3A, page 201 in the new book. A. The Bible contains the Word of God as well as man's writing. Therefore, it is not infallible, not inerrant. All right? It's limited in its inerrancy and infallibility or Bibles have mistakes. They always have this attitude. If your church, if you are in a church, you are in a movement that says, no, nah, the Bible is not preserved, not 100%, understand why the church has reached this stage. I say again, understand why the church has reached this stage in its attitudes towards the Bible. Why must Satan create this thinking among Christians? The Bible is not perfect, it has errors. Why, Ben, Benedict, why? Why the first thing they must get you to think? The Bible only contains God's Word. And anyway, it's not revelation from man. A revelation from God, we studied that in Progressive. Why? Doubt the Bible. Now, the only thing that keeps us separate from any falsehood is the Bible. Understand that. That is the basis. That is the reference to say, is this right? Is this wrong? Is this true? Is this false? The Bible. So, the beginning point of the ecumenical movement must be to say the Bible cannot be relied on in different forms. First, God did not preserve. Or actually, last time, God did not inspire 
It's man's word. We studied that in progressive Christianity. Then, well, even if it is God's word, it's not preserved. Then, if it's not preserved, then how do we know it's true? Then, if it is not God's word, then everything that God talked about, Jesus, his death, his resurrection, all these are simply stories to encourage you to be a good person and do social work. I say again, eh? once your church, you, begin to think, the Bible is simply telling us fable stories, Jesus dying on the cross is just a good man sacrificing himself for society, it's not here to die for our sins. Nothing to do with sin. Now, please, next. What else would they focus on? Right? B, not God's revelation. Other religions also have the truth. Miracles are just fables. Creation is just um, a story. Okay, last point. Why must creation... Now, once you doubt the Bible, then you think Bible are just stories. School, children, you go to school, I hope none of your teachers say, Bible are just stories. They're not real things. Miracles and all that are just stories. Now, the moment you think creation is just a story, but evolution is true, and God created through evolution. Last one, quickly. What is the problem, Adrian? What is the problem when the Christian begins to think evolution is true and God created through evolution? What is the problem? People will start to think, no, they will say God created through evolution. Now, if the world evolved, then is that Garden of Eden? Is the Garden of Eden story true? Garden of, a Garden of Eden story is false. If Garden of Eden story is just a story, then is mankind's fall true? There's no such thing as the fall. The fall is just a story. Then the fall means we became sinners, right? Then is there such a thing as sin? No, because it's just a story. We evolved. No Garden of Eden, no fall, no sin. No sin. It's all a story to be good. If there is no sin, then is Jesus' death about saving us, forgiving us of sin? No, right? Because there's no such thing as sin. Why is Jesus dying for sin? No, then Jesus' death is a story to tell us, do good in society, be willing to sacrifice yourself. It has nothing to do with sin. Understand why theistic creation is invented by Satan. When that happens, social gospel prevails, social gospel prevails, you can reach third stage. Okay? So understand what is happening. Let us pray.